Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about Internet Church. Rich, what is Internet Church? Oh, it's only the best internet gathering this side of the Kailua River. Is the Kailua River a thing? Maybe we should start over. <laughs> let's let's do it again. Ask me again. <laughs> no, let's leave it in. Now no, no, let's talk about Internet Church. Uh, internet Church. Actually, it's a thing we do every other Friday night where we all gather together, uh, encourage the saints in truth. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It's just a time to gather for about an hour on a Friday night or day, depending what part of the world you're in, just to be encouraged by the saints. You you think you would like something like that? Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy the Pope is Catholic. And uh, Justin, Internet Church is all about gospel freedom. It's good. I'm trying to think of the follow-up question. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, this thing is lagging. Uh, all right. If No. Absolutely love it. So if you were going to... No. What are we going for? Are we trying to be funny or are we trying to be serious? I don't know. I I mean, whatever. I, we're trying to let people know that... Oh, <laughs> I'm not as gifted as you are in this department, my friend. So join us every other Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the Internet Church Circle to your calendar. I have attempted to live this out in different ways. Um, sometimes that means that when the church comes asking for volunteers, I say yes. Mm -hmm. Or if it means that maybe working a few extra hours at my job, that I say yes. Mm -hmm. It's an attempt, a well-meaning attempt to mm -hmm. serve others and to, to love others. And then I have found my t myself at various times, because of this orientation in, in my life, burnt out, exhausted, and depleted. Yeah, because when you're saying this right now, the thing that just, the, the alarm bells in my brain are saying, yeah, but are you loving yourself well? Welcome back to the moon. We are vibing with the book, 10 minutes at a time. The next 10 minutes, we're looking at Romans chapter 13, verses 8 to 10. I'm just going to go ahead and read it. Go for it. Oh, no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. 10 minutes on the clock, starting in three, two, one. Let's go. Oh, no one, anything. Except. So we don't want to live at the expense of someone else. In fact, if anything, the previous verses would cause us to realize that we, if anything, err on the side of living uh, so so graciously that we're willing to suffer as a result of our graciousness, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But that word accept is there. There is a debt that we owe one another, mm -hmm. but it's not mm -hmm. the kind of debt that we might think of. It's the debt of love. Mm -hmm. How is love a debt and what does that look like? Yeah, I was just thinking that because what categorizes or what um, what characterizes a debt, 
right? Mm-hmm. We talked about this towards the beginning of the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, the debt could be something that I owe you something that I borrowed from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second application, and this is when Paul's talking about himself as a debtor to mm-hmm. the Gentiles, mm-hmm. is in the context of I received something that was intended for someone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in light of what I receive, it's almost that I have this response, which is duty bound. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, all the way back from the beginning, Paul is a steward on the estate of a master, and he has now been called to work a certain portion of the estate. He has a field he has to work, and that field is the field of the Gentiles. And he has a duty in keeping with the uh, orders of the master. The master has said, go and do this. And what he's told him to go do is go and love. Go and preach, teach about my love. And it's the love that rescued you, Saul, and turned you into Paul, so that now you have a duty because of what I've given you to actually be a slave to my righteousness and walk and live it out and give it to others freely, right? Mm -hmm. Again, this network of ideas of slave but free, oh, with there is no exchange of money, give freely while you having a debt. All these network of ideas are subverted, right? In order to highlight that the kingdom is almost always backwards to our expectations. Yeah. I have attempted to live this out in different ways. Um, Sometimes that means that when the church comes asking for volunteers, I say yes. Mm -hmm. Or if it means that maybe working a few extra hours at my job that I say, yes, mm-hmm. it's an attempt, a well-meaning attempt to mm-hmm. serve others and to, to love others. And then I have found my t- myself at various times because of this orientation in, in my life, burnt out, exhausted, and depleted. Yeah, because when you're saying this right now, the thing that just, the, the alarm bells in my brain are saying, yeah, but are you loving yourself well, right? Which is kind of how this entire thing is is... Uh, founded on is at the very end there, right? Uh, you love, you know, actually, was it the one before? You love others as yourself? Yeah, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So in the same way that you love yourself, you love and ever do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So there is a, a, a sense where we are called to love others well in the way that I just articulated, but we also need to love ourselves well. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? And how do we do that in a way that's not arrogant and boasting and prideful? Well, I think, again, being informed by Paul, I think Paul just highlights that he is a recipient of a love that has been poured out into his heart, right? Romans 5, 5. So that now because this love has been poured out into his heart, he can finally correctly see himself in light of the realities he used to exist in. So... Paul used to be the sort of man that lived under the shadow of the law and was doing everything to live his life in agreement with what he thought was duty, to be perfectly obedient to the law. But what he saw at work when the revelation of Jesus came is that in his body, he actually couldn't do what he thought the law required of him or what, yeah, the law required him. He couldn't do it. And it was when the love of Christ came in and redeemed him from the curse of the law and put righteousness, righteousness in him that Paul finally saw himself in the same way that God saw him. 
redeemed, restored. He could live by the spirit. He was adopted as a son, right? Mm -hmm. Romans 8. He had this knowledge that nothing could separate it from the love of God so that to love yourself well is first and foremost to see yourself through the lens of how the father sees you. So to love yourself well is to be loved by the father, to allow that love to overcome and overwhelm you so that you walk in the obedience of faith Mm -hmm. and that as you walk in the obedience of faith, you will actually be compelled, constrained to love others precisely because you have a correct knowledge of the love you've received, who you are. And when you look at others, you see others for who they are through the lens by which you've been seen. It's interesting because um, that time that I was referring to as I was seeking to live this out, I had a very unhealthy relationship with my my work and my ministry that I define myself by that way. Mm. And as a result, I, I think I interacted with people in a way that without me even intending it to be was transactional mm. because my value was built on transaction yeah. as well. So I wasn't willing to pump the brakes and to stop producing or doing because mm-hmm. I felt that this was a duty that God mm-hmm. expected of me. Um, and then the shift takes place mm-hmm. that yes, it's important to work. It's important to do well, but mm-hmm that's not the thing that God defines me as. Mm. And it allows me to take a step back to slow down and to love myself, which is a very foreign Crazy, context right? uh, so, con- uh, idea. For and me. here's the, here's the subversion of the kingdom is that, you know how you love yourself? Well, to love others the way God loved you. Right. Seems so very, seems very circular. Yeah. But that's the thing that that's what love is. Right? It's just, right? It comes from him to us, through us, to them, returning back to us, back to him, from him, through, right? And mm-hmm. this, 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 this is why, I, to some degree, believe that God is triune. Cause because there's no real value in it going back and forth and back and forth. Mm-hmm. Right? It's triune. It's three. It's doom, 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 doom. And so that God is love in this sense that Father, eternally loving Son, Son, eternally loving Spirit, Spirit, eternally loving Father, Father, eternally, right, and back. And, and so that we have the privilege of participating in that. And the, this mystery that as we give this love away, we are receiving love. And as we give it away, as we're practicing it, we are becoming it, right? Mm-hmm. Because not only as we behold, we become changed, but then as we behold, we actually behave, mm-hmm. Right. As you behold is what you behave like. You know, you ever seen a child, right? I had a friend of mine. I just saw him post on on Facebook, my homie James Whitfield. James, if you're watching, shout out. And uh, he had this profound post that he caught this moment of him and his child going up the escalator. And his child had positioned his feet just like his dad. And he was glancing over at his dad to, like, get his positioning right. And my buddy James caught his son positioning his feet and looking at him. And he just had this profound moment of like, man, my kid is behaving as he's beholding me. So what I am, he's becoming. And he just challenged us as men on the Facebook post. Like, man, what are we, you know, what are we demonstrating to our children? What are they becoming? Right. Like be a man of integrity because they're watching. And as we behold God, 
where like that child, right, mm-hmm. who joyfully was looking at his father in order to mimic him. And as we behold him, we behave like him and, and then we joyfully mimic him. And what's, what does it look like to mimic him? Back to uh, 12, mm-hmm. you heap burning coals, you love. When they're hungry, you give them food. When they're thirsty, you give them water. Yeah, you serve. It's just such a beautiful thing, the privilege of the love reality we have to live in. That's right. right. One of the beautiful things uh, when you examine idea, I, I think is a great test of the truthfulness or the value of it, is what would a world look like if everyone did this thing? Could you imagine a world where everyone lived in this way? Oh, what a wonderful world it would be. Right? What a wonderful world it would be, man. Just to live with the opportunity. Every single day, you, you, you live with the opportunity to love. And here's something. That is the world we live in. Yeah. In the sense that from the Christians, that's the lens, the eye we look through. Mm-hmm. The narrow eye that we've been loved and every day is an opportunity to shine. That yeah. we go out there, even in the face of surmounting difficulty and circumstances, we know that nothing can separate us. So if nothing can separate us, let us love. Yeah. Let us love. Love and love well. That was 10 minutes. See you next month.